In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There is a story about a young doctor who was working as a locum in a village in Cornwall. One dark, cold night, he was called out to be at the birth of a child in a very remote farm way out in the moors. He arrived to find that there was no electricity or indeed running water. The farmer lit the oil lamp and the procedure began. Soon, a child was born, but to their great surprise, another baby appeared, then another, then another. At which point, the farmer leapt up and blew out the light in the lamp. What on earth are you doing? shouted the doctor. I at do, said the farmer. It must be the light that's attracting them. Well, in a way, I hope you have come to the cathedral this morning feeling a little flat or fragile. We have well and truly lost sight of Christmas. The weather is not great and keeps changing and we can't expect anything better. We are still very much in winter with its threats of coughs and colds and maybe much worse. And ahead of us is Lent. I've only just got over the guilt of breaking New Year's resolutions and I'm about to start all over again. The upcoming themes of temptation and sin, pain and suffering don't quite fill me with unalloyed joy. But here we are at a turning point. Up to now, in our services this year, we have looked back to the birth of Jesus. But from now on, we look forward to his death and resurrection. Under Mosaic law found in the Torah, a mother who had given birth to a male-born child was considered unclean for 40 days and not able to carry out household duties fully or take part in religious ceremonies. Today, we therefore are remembering the day on which Mary attended a ceremony of ritual purification that was followed by Jesus' presentation in the temple, where we have just heard Simeon and Anna met Mary, Joseph, and the baby Jesus. And Simeon was moved to predict that the baby will be a light to the Gentiles. And that's partly why we use the term Candlemas. God's light has come into the world. The term Candlemas also refers to the practice whereby a priest on February the 2nd would bless the candles for use during the coming year. Visitors to this cathedral 
are encouraged, if that's not an understatement, to light candles while they're here. Some perhaps do so in the traditional Catholic way of petitioning a saint or Mary to pray for their concern, or merely as a way of remembering someone special or to enlighten their own prayers. Today would be a good day to light one before you leave. As I suggested at the beginning, this is a festival for the fragile, for those who feel frail. As the flame of a candle flickers, it can appear vulnerable. That can represent the fragility of our faith and hope. Luke seems to present it like that. In their own way, each of the characters in this drama are presented to us as fragile. Joseph, we know little about. He comes across almost as a supporting act, bemused perhaps by all that has happened since Mary conceived, but no doubt anxious as all first-time fathers are about whether he can provide adequately for his wife and child. He has already had to take them as refugees to escape the wrath of Herod. And there's also young Mary, fragile in so many ways, conceiving before marriage and no doubt facing judgment from many. Another young parent wishing the very best for her child in difficult circumstances. A sword will pierce your own soul too, Simeon tells her. Sometimes God's word does not tell us what we want to hear. And the speaker himself, Simeon, probably an old man, though Luke doesn't specifically say so. I rather like to think of Simeon as a ponderer, one who quietly trusted the ancient prophets and believed that God would honor his promise to send an anointed one. A man with the perception and insight that allowed his mind to be open enough to dare to suggest that the Messiah could come in the form of a baby. This indeed must have looked like madness. And then there's Anna, married only seven years before her husband died, fragile through her gender, vulnerable through her circumstances, but like Simeon, devoted to prayer and worship. She never left the temple, worshiping day and night, and she was very old. I think over the years, I must have encountered many Annas, elderly ladies who never seemed to leave the place. And to my shame, I have in the past dismissed them as a kind of eccentric and sometimes irritating presence, who perhaps were not keen on change and for whom I would sooner rather than later be preaching a heartfelt funeral homily. 
However, Anna's life experience and devotion let her see what those of us who consider ourselves to be the movers and the shakers, the young and the activists, were blind to. The presence of God, even in the temple, or perhaps a cathedral. God trusts fragile people. He brings about his will and purpose through human beings who are vulnerable, weak, and needy. People on the edge, people who perhaps the House of Bishops would marginalize and perhaps wish weren't there. There is a temptation to make faith sound too complicated. It isn't. It can be seen in those the world calls vulnerable, in the young and the old and the frail, the broken. So perhaps as we light a candle and offer a prayer later and seek to put our trust in him afresh, we will be reminded of our own fragility and the extraordinary responsibility that he puts his trust in us. God trusts us with the message of salvation and hope. We have now been entrusted with carrying the word of God as Joseph, Simeon, Anna, Mary, and Joseph once were. It's worth remembering that Mary and Joseph cannot afford to bring a rich offering to the temple. They bring two pigeons, the offering of the poor. They came into a great worship space as pilgrims and visitors, and they encountered God through the ministry of those who were the regular faithful congregation, however fragile or unworthy they felt. The flickering faith of Simeon and Anna enlightened the Holy Family with welcome and prophecy. It just may be possible that when people speak of why others may be attracted to this great space, the answer may be given, it's the light that's attracting them. 